Yeah, welcome back to the show. In the run to 7 o'clock. And on the other side of the break, we will take you off to the Sheffield Shield game. Between WA and New South Wales, it's not looking very good for our WA team. But Wayne, I'll tell you a state that is looking very good in the Sheffield Shield at the moment. That is South Australia. And I'm delighted to say that 5AA sports, sports broadcaster Sam Tugwell joins us on the show this morning. Morning to you, Sam. Morning to you guys. Yes, uh, for once we can say South Australia looking good in the Shield. <laughs> well, I'll tell you another uh, aspect of South Australian cricket that's looking very good. That's, of course, Henry Hunt. He's made 162 in South Australia's first innings before they declared when they were 5 for 359. Lots been made about Henry Hunt. What's been spoken about him over there? Yeah, look, he's been a, a talent we've known about for probably a couple of years now playing in this Shield side. And I suppose what we've been hoping for is he could put on the park exactly what we've seen from him uh, in small doses now into uh, a much larger one and, and a much more consistent basis. And so for us to see him now put 160 on the board was outstanding yesterday um, or, and, and to really lead the team uh, through to a really nice declaration and strong score as well at the Gabba is a really great sign of some leadership from a young man. He took on some captaincy last year. He's handed that back to say, look, I don't really want that full time. Just want to focus on my batting. And that's what he needs to do. And he had a few poor starts to the season, didn't really get going all that strongly. But now that's a great platform to set himself forward. And hopefully in the next couple of innings and the next couple of games, he can start to show some more of that. Maybe that's the confidence kicker he needed. Uh, because what we know he can do is this, uh, but what we need from him now is that consistently. And if he, especially if he wants to, in particular, put his name up in lights with the Aussie selectors, which is sort of the next step for a lot of the young opening bats around the country, with David Warner being obviously uh, finishing up this summer. So who's the next man in? Uh, there's a lot of people around the country that want to put their hand up. Henry's one who I think is a little bit left field, but also at the same time sort of there aroundabouts just needs to put a really strong case forward and this summer was everything for him so this is the good starting point we are early november he's got a couple more months still to make a strong a stronger case but at the moment he's uh, he's off to a good start sam um i think what we've seen with south australian cricket is you have your heart in your mouth with your top order for a while but it seems as though there's becoming a little bit more consistency They've experimented a bit. A bit. Smith was there. Now Carter's, who batted six last time, has gone up to the top. And Nathan yep. McSweeney is giving you a little bit of stability because that's his second hundred in two games. Yeah, a little bit of comfort too playing in Queensland as well. But you're right, Nathan McSweeney's definitely come along uh, a long way. And I think his last two seasons now, including this, he's starting to show that he's got the uh, ability to play a consistent role in that number four spot. So that's an excellent uh, position to have uh, some, I suppose, confidence in for once. As you said, it's been a wobbly one, that top four, five for South Australia for a long time. When Travis Head isn't there and Alex Carey isn't there, there really is a big gap. And Jake Weatherall's sort of been the man who has filled the hole in the top for a long time. He's now gone this summer. He's back um, to Tassie. So we are seeing now a, a new younger group having to work together uh, and a little bit more inexperienced too. Daniel Drew, for example, he's only been playing Shield for, I think, this is third season, um, and he was sort of in and out the first two. He got a really good opportunity late last year, uh, made 100 or two, and now he's uh, got himself a, pretty much a full-time gig, but still hasn't really fired all that much this summer. Jake Carter's uh, making some opportunities as well now that he's moved from uh, WA, and uh, Henry Hunt, as we just spoke about, has got some enormous talent and upside. So there is a lot of 
uh, names in there that really don't pop out, but I'm sure if they can play together for the next few years and start to find a bit of a gelling um, uh, system between them for the next few years, then I reckon you can start to show some confidence in the Jake Carters and the Henry Hunts and hopefully the Daniel Drews can come through as well. Jake Fraser-McGurk, I'm sure maybe one day I'll end up up the order too because he's a young talent who's just been injected into the SA side. Great pickup for SA. Um, so there's some there's some good signs. And again, we've as we've been saying, I think, for four or five years now, be patient with Jason Gillespie and the recruiting team and the players they've got. But you're right, there's a uh, there's a platform there they're starting to uh, to uh, put together, but also now launch from, which is coming together slowly. Speaking of good signs in the WBBL, the Adelaide Strikers, they're on five wins, two losses. They sit second on the table. How impressive has their season been so far? Yeah, I've loved watching uh, the Strikers so far. They are just so impressive. They're showing, I think, better form than they had last year when they actually won the WBBL, which might be saying something, uh, also touching wood at the same time. But uh, they, they are really an impressive group when they play together. They've got uh, Patterson and Mack, who have such power, firepower up the top of the order. Um, I love what the bowlers have been able to do. Mashungway's really handy with the spin. Uh, Barsby's in there. But uh, Amanda Jade Wellington is just the T20 player of the world. She's one of the best around. It, really hard to stop her. And then when you've got Megan Shute who can send down a few uh, quick ones and, and really tighten it up economy-wise, it's just a great, well-rounded mix. I love what they put together and they just seem so aggressive and yet so confident in what they do as well. And, and, and once again, consistency, I'm not sure if it's because most of them have played together now for a couple of years and uh, they've now got that confidence about them as playing in a group, uh, but they just seem to have it all clicking. So, look, watching the strikers, they're going to be close watch heading into finals. I'm sure they'll be able to uh, stitch that up pretty close uh, to the middle of the season because they're already well on the way. As you said, five wins from their seven games, sitting second. So um, I reckon by the back end of the comp, they should be pretty firmed in for finals and then hopefully they can take it as deep and as successfully as they did last year. Well, they stitched our girls up on Sunday in the last ball of the day, and uh, <laughs> then you've got the Renegades today who are sitting on the bottom. So you would think that you would hopefully get over that, and as you say, you, you know, pretty much uh, solidify a spot in that top uh, part and, and finals uh, begging. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, there's there's a little bit of a gap there between the Renegades and the rest of the comp at the moment. Unfortunately, they just can't seem to get anything going. And some of the top teams, I mean, even the Scorchers have looked good at times and Brisbane and, and, uh, and how, how can we forget the Thunder, of course, who are top. So a lot of good teams... Uh, in there that you, you get the odd occasional game where it's going to be a little bit of a flop. Hopefully the Renegades can show some fight at least for a good game of cricket against Adelaide today. But you're right, there are going to be some of those. But uh, the, the, the good teams are really starting to show up now, aren't they? And you can see those uh, the, 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 the strong performers in each of those sides as well, who you need to stop, who you need to make sure performs well in your teams in order to, to get those wins. Because T20 cricket really can flip on a dime sometimes, depending on a little bit of luck and whether one or two players are in or out in the game. Well, we saw that last night, Sam. What, what did you? Were you one that was able to stay up and watch Maxwell? And what did you think of that? Well, I unfortunately went to bed at because uh, South Australian time. It's yep. about eleven p.m. when the first innings ends. So I wasn't as fortunate as maybe you or Perth viewers who would have been able to tune in for most of the collapse and then might have just switched it off. I had to watch a KO mini this morning to catch up because when I'm looking at the scorecard and I see Maxwell two hundred. I was in complete disbelief. Yep. One of the most amazing innings ever, and just watching it back this morning, uh, how's, how's a guy able to have that much strength in his forearms and his wrists 
to and I think we saw this a few weeks back when we played I can't remember was it the Netherlands when he hit 100 in really quick fire the world record pacing 100 that was amazing just to see him use the footwork but also the strength in his wrists to flick it around and hit sixes from yorking deliveries it was Mm. quite amazing what we saw last night was he was able to do it without any footwork that was the most astonishing part just the strength and the brutality that he has i feel sorry for afghanistan what an amazing effort for them to get that deep into the game seven for 90 had a what the top score in world cups ever 291 i think it was and to still get beat that's a one-man show he is the big show and he made it all happen last night he put the fireworks off and uh, Australia rejoiced. I was. I thought I. I said to Ethan earlier. I thought I was watching the Wizard of Oz with the Tin Man batting. <laughs> you know, cause it was just so stiff legs. But as you said, the, the strength in his forearms and and the way that he was. It makes, it makes me wonder what those bats have got in them too. Jesus, it, it, it's extraordinary. <laughs> You're right. They can't, they can't be legal anymore. No, These bats no. are getting so thick. They surely can't be. What about your basketball, uh, Sam? We know that your cricket isn't going too well. The Adelaide 36ers, they went down to the Wildcats most recently and they've got the jack jumpers coming up. It's going to be a tough task, but can they overcome the power of the jack jumpers? Let's hope so. I Not a whole lot of confidence, unfortunately, with the 36ers here. They've got some good formers late. I think they've won about two or three of the last four games. So they are, they are starting to come together. Um, but I, I really haven't got a whole lot of confidence. They need to make sure that everything goes right once again for them. Um, DJ Vasiljevic has been such an important addition to this side. More important than I think many people would have expected. Yeah, great role player when he played at the Sydney Kings and would hit great three-pointers and was a really reliable option. Uh, but because he was part of a strong side with some great options around the floor, he kind of didn't think all that much that he's a superstar. Anyway, he's coming to this Adelaide team essentially as a superstar because everyone else in that team hasn't fired a shot pretty much for the entire season to that point. I think they were 1-5 to start the year. And when he came in after their first game, they lost to South East Melbourne Phoenix and he just pulled the players into a meeting. He'd been there five minutes and he called a players meeting. He was being a leader. And he said, boys, this is how we've got to go about it. And he brought in this, this win-at-all-costs mentality, maybe not, maybe not to that extent, but a real winning mentality, maybe a shifter mentality for them. And that's taken them now for the last three or four games into a, a really different mindset. They play differently. They look like they've got some uh, clarity about what they're doing. I think before that, they just didn't seem to have any idea what their system was. That Trenton Flowers was sort of running their point. He's a young kid who's only just 18. He didn't really have a whole lot of idea what he was doing. Uh, the, the, the players just jacking up three-pointers with no system. There was not a whole lot of passing or, or motion plays being set up. So there was a, it was a lot of confusion and not a real lot of understanding even in defense of, as to how to stop opposition scoring. They just leak points the whole way through every game. So now they look like they've got a bit of a better setup. I want to be confident about them, but I want to see a little bit more than just a couple games worth of wins because it's great to have a little bit of a spike, but now they've got to do it consistently. They're still uh, well and truly the bottom end of the ladder. I think they're eighth out of ten at the minute. So they've got a few things still to come, and playing the jack jumpers who have already shown uh, their strength in the past couple of seasons and again early this season, they're going to be a tough opponent. So... No, good luck to them, but I'm not expecting anything special. Let's put it that way. What about the the Lightning, the Adelaide Lightning, the WNBL team? They had their first win against the UC Capitals uh, of, of Canberra, and um, they're coming over here to take us on. So we'll have another little uh, WA South Australia contest. 
I do enjoy our WASA contest. To be completely fair, I haven't watched the Lightning a whole lot, but I did see them play on opening night uh, briefly against the Boomers. Didn't get that done. It was a low-scoring game, but good to hear that they've got the uh, the Capitals done. They've got a couple-point win there, so that that is excellent news. But look, the Lynx always put up a really good fight, so I think this would be a good tight clash on what was it Saturday night. Yep. Uh, before we let you go, Sam, what about the A-League? The Adelaide United, they're sitting atop at the table. They've won two, drawn one. They're still yet to lose a game, and they're going to be facing Sydney FC, who are, uh, are now without a coach. How how are you looking at the Adelaide United side? I love Adelaide United. This is my favourite <laughs> South Australian team right now for the summer. So please watch with interest Adelaide United. They are exciting, they are young, and they've got firepower uh, and Carl Viet's got this thing going where he... It, and it's good to take you back to the origins of Adelaide United because a lot of people wouldn't know the sort of backstory, but it was basically built when the A-League was about to get started back when... What was it? The NSL, I think it was, no five. And they built it as being a true South Australian team and they picked a lot of South Aussies and it was all about growing South Australian football. And so that was where the heritage and the, the heart of it all was. And... Carl Viet was a part of that squad, so he understood all of that, and he was the first goal scorer for the Reds, and yeah, I could go on. So he, he really lived that fabric of the, the, the setup of the club. And so now, in 2023, as the head coach, the last couple of years, we've seen him really blood and develop those young South Australians who are starting to come through and show their worth on the big stage for Adelaide United. And so that's what I love the most about this team, is he's got a fabric that the team plays for. They all know what they're there for. They're playing not just for the jumper and the team and their teammates, but also the state. And they put on a show every time they play at home. So far, their one away game, they didn't quite get it done against Melbourne Victory. In fact, they probably should have lost it by a lot more. Uh, that was by far their worst game of the season. But their first two, when they took on the two grand finalists of last year and basically blew them both off the park. And there were kids like Kieran Kunda out there, Johnny Yule, who's playing out there, um, Bernardo, who's playing out there, Sonny Cassio, who used to be a Red. Um, a lot of those sort of players who we just love. Joe Gauchi is going to be an absolute star. He is a uh, he is, he's ready to take over the Socceroos glove work at some point, no question. Um, Ryan Kiddo is enjoying the job right now um, as the new captain. Uh, there's a lot of really good signs for Adelaide United. There's a bunch of teenagers in that squad who Carl Vietz put a lot of trust into. So to take on Sydney on the weekend, I think Sydney might get a little bit of a shock at home because the crowd will be rocking and uh, they are not looking all that flash the blues this year. So, look, top versus, I think, bottom, isn't it? It's uh, It mm. should be an easy win for the Reds, but they've got a lot of things going their way. Adelaide will be hoping to win a championship this year. That's that's not trying to be optimistic. I think that's a re reality for them. Well, can't wait to see what all unfolds. Sam, thanks for, so much for joining us here on Sports Breakfast this morning. Appreciate it, boys. Always good to chat. You too. Sam Tugwell there joining us here on Sports Breakfast 5AA Sports Broadcaster. Well, we better fly off to the latest new sport traffic and weather. On the other side, Bryce McCain will be joining us. Talk about Australia's fantastic win at the World Cup last night. Don't go anywhere. More after this. Driving you home from 3pm weekdays. Sports Drive with Matt Grublich on Sport FM. Sport FM News for station sponsor Golf Car World.